Johnny, a very bright five-year-old, told his daddy he'd like to have a baby brother. And along with his request, offered to do whatever he could do to help. So his dad, who already knew something that Johnny didn't, paused for a moment and then replied, I'll tell you what, Johnny, if you pray every day for two months for a baby brother, I guarantee that God's going to give you one. Johnny responded eagerly to his dad's challenge and went to his bedroom early that night to start praying for a baby brother. He prayed every night for one whole month, 30 of the 60 days that he said he was going to be praying. But after that time, after the first 30 days, he began to get skeptical. He checked around the neighborhood and found out that what he thought was going to happen had never occurred in the history of the neighborhood. You just don't pray for two months and then whammo-bambo, a new baby brother comes. So Johnny quit praying. After the next month, Johnny's mother went to the hospital. When she came home, Johnny's parents called him into the bedroom. He cautiously walked into the room, not expecting to find anything, and there was a little bundle lying right next to his mother. His dad pulled back the blanket, and there was not one baby brother, but two. His mother had twins. Johnny's dad looked down at him and said, Now, aren't you glad you prayed? And Johnny hesitated in a moment, then he looked at his dad and said, Yes, but aren't you glad I quit when I did? (laughs) Now, praying for miracles is one thing that we need to be doing. No doubt about it, for sure. But I wanted to go in a different direction this morning than praying for miracles. Not focusing on what what we want to pray for, but on the connection that happens when we do pray. Because that's what our series is about, connecting with God. And prayer is one of those places where we certainly connect with God. In fact, maybe it's the place that we connect with God more perfectly than any other place. And when we started this series, I said something like this. It is closeness to, connecting with, oneness with God that makes for the abundant life for which Jesus, of which Jesus speaks. Nothing else will do it. Remember that? The, the abundant life that we're going to have in Jesus happens when we connect with God. And if you don't connect with God, Scripture's saying, Jesus is saying, Kelly's saying, if we don't connect with God... There is something about the abundant life that we're going to miss out on. And what I would say in addition to that this morning is that prayer is central to the abundant life that Jesus came to bring us. If connecting with God, if connecting with God is the place where abundant life is going to come better than anywhere else, then prayer, because it is so central to us connecting with God, is going to have an awful lot to do with the abundant life that we have. And so I think there's some truth just in saying, if you're wrestling with life, things aren't quite what you want them to be, one of the places that you need to go, maybe the place that you need to go, is to your knees. Because going to your knees ends up, it seems, certainly in the eyes of Jesus, to provide us with that kind of abundant life that God longs for us to have, and of course, that we long to have as well. So maybe the question this morning, or at least the first question is, how is the impact of prayer on our abundant life going to happen for us? How is this actually going to happen? Because I don't think there's anybody here this morning that would say, you know, what I really want in my life is to pray less. Like, this is just awful. 
all this prayer that I'm doing, it is not cutting it for me. The abundant life that you keep talking about, Kelly, is not coming, and, I, and I'm praying lots. And I don't know that we would say the answer is to pray less. And so what is it about prayer maybe that we could do? Where can we go with this that is going to actually enhance our connection with God in a significant way? And the first thing I want us to talk about is this notion of our soul's approach. I think that there's an approach to all of this that can be incredibly fruitful for us. And we see it in the psalmist in Psalm 42. Read these words with me. As the deer pants for streams of water, so my soul pants for you, my God. My soul thirsts for God. For the living God. When can I go and meet with God? And there's, a, there's an attitude there. There's a, a perspective, an approach, an attitude toward God, toward what we need that is there in the, the eyes, the mind, the heart of the psalmist. And my sense is that the psalmist has caught on to something here. That to go there, we find the thirst of our souls actually met. Deep calls to deep in the roar of your waterfalls. All your waves and breakers have swept over me. By day, the Lord directs his love. At night, his song is with me, a prayer to the God of my life. Those are are deep words, profound words, representing connection with God at a significant and profound level. And I love this line, when can I go and meet with God? Because there's a cry from the heart cry for humankind to meet with God and there to find the kind of abundant life that God wants so badly for us to have. It reminds me of the story in Luke 2 when Jesus goes, you remember the whole family went up to uh, Jerusalem for the Pentecost? Or was it, I think it was the Passover. Jesus goes up to the Passover and on the way back they can't find him. Where is he, church? You know where he is. Where is he? He's in the temple. And what does it say? Why is he in the temple? Why were you searching for me? Didn't you know I had to be in my father's house? That's a reflection of a longing, I think, on the part of a 12-year-old boy, in this case, who wasn't just a normal 12-year-old boy, longing for his father and for God. When we long for God, something about connecting with him, this reality of being one with him, Finding abundant life in him happens because we end up connecting with God. The question then is not so much about what is happening around us. Good times, bad times, challenging times, and anguish. And and a lot of times that's why we pray, isn't it? Because things are happening around us. All of a sudden there is a death in the family. Or someone's sick. Or we need something. Maybe a baby brother. And that's when we decide that we're going to pray. But it's not so much what's happening around us that's crucial. What's crucial is what is happening within us. That's where the relationship with God, the connection with God, I think gets answered, especially in prayer. I've told you about the time in Zambia when I prayed for rain and it rained. I don't know if you remember that. It had been dry. I went there, uh, had a devotional with some Zambians, 
And while I was walking across a barren field on the way to the trader where I was staying, uh, I, I had been praying just before I returned to the trailer for rain. And before I got to the trailer, it started to rain. I could feel the raindrops hitting me as I walked across this barren field where crops were supposed to grow. But another thing that sticks in my mind about that occasion is when I got back to the trailer, I crawled in bed, and Steve Mann, who was not feeling well at all, was lying in the bed, the bunk next to me, and I, I crawled in bed, and I went right to sleep. And a few moments later, I'm guessing, probably because of a lightning crash, because this big thunderstorm came, and there was lightning and thunder, and the wind was blowing, and uh, I, I woke up, and the, the curtain right behind my head, it was just a small little window in the trailer, and this curtain was flapping from all the wind that was coming in. And through the flashes of lightning, as I li- was lying in bed, I could see that a group of people had come into the trailer. And just a few feet down from the end of our beds, there was an open area, and a few little chairs were sitting there, and around a circle in the, of those chairs were several Africans and Wendy Charco, the missionary, praying. And it was so dark, you know, we're out in the middle of Africa, uh, absolutely in the bush. And it was so dark, and we're inside the trailer, which made it, of course, darker. You couldn't have the sunlight. But the only thing that would illuminate things was the flashes of lightning. And so I was lying in bed, and I kind of woke up, and I, I looked, and a flash of lightning would happen, and I could see just for a moment that there was a group down there at the end of the trailer praying. And then the flash of light would, of course, be gone. I'd be in darkness again. And then another flash of lightning would come, and it would illuminate this group of, pray- of people who were praying. It was, a, it was an eerie, and yet at the same time, incredibly comforting kind of moment. And I had the sense, when I watched those people praying, and the lightning would flash and illuminate them for just a moment, and then it would be dark again, I had this sense that they were conversing with God. That they were connecting with God. And it was like each bolt of lightning would, would kind of ratify that connection. That he was there and that he was real and that something was happening. And then, of course, it was the quiet whispers of the prayers. Because I, I could hear them in the darkness when there wasn't thunder and there wasn't lightning. I could hear the whispers of the prayers of these Africans and this white missionary praying and I had this sense that God was there and what struck me I suppose as much as anything is that their souls were approaching him and he was coming near just like the psalmist says my soul cries out to you I'm longing for you I'm panting for you God and in that moment He was coming. He was drawing near to them as they drew near to him. It was rich. It was deep. It was connection. And for those few moments, watching the lightning and hearing the thunder and watching them pray, it was so affirming for me about who God is and how much he loves us how much he wants to be there right with us. It was beautiful. Well, my sense from Scripture is that the Holy Spirit longs to come to us. He longs to open up our hearts and create for us this kind of connection with God because we are his children. 
The Spirit wants to lead us into connection with God. And so we read from Romans 8, 14. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. And the Spirit you receive does not make you slaves so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoption to sonship. And by Him, we cry, Abba, Father. And that's the sense I had watching these people pray down at the end of the trailer is that they were crying out to God and that there was oneness between him and them in a profound, deep connection. And this text says that it's the Holy Spirit who creates that connection. When, when Paul says that we can cry out, Abba, Father, because of the Spirit, what is that? What is crying out to God, Abba, Father? Is that not simply prayer? And not some special prayer. It's the kind of prayer that God longs for us to have with him constantly, consistently. Almost, almost on an, a moment-by-moment basis. And then, of course, in those special times as well. And so when we are brokenhearted, when we're hurting in various ways, when there's incredible anguish, God wants us at that moment to cry out to him, Abba, Father. And then when we're absolutely filled with peace and everything is good and it's wonderful, he wants us to cry out, Abba. And as we just go through those everyday moments of life when we're just walking along and suddenly bask in his presence and recognize how much he loves us, he wants us then to say, Abba, as well. And so there's special relationship, special connection that happens between ourselves and God in prayer because of the Holy Spirit who allows us to cry out in this way, Abba, Father. And then I think there's this notion also in Scripture that when we are going to connect with God, there has to be some level of intentionality about this. And so whenever someone talks about prayer, they always talk about Jesus and his own prayer life. And we know about this. What does Jesus do on a regular basis? And so we read passages like Mark chapter 1, verse 32. And I want you to turn there, if you would, in the Bibles that are underneath the seas, because I want you to see this with me. Mark chapter 1, verses 32 through 37 on page 707. And the fact is that Jesus' own modeling here of prayer, and especially his intentionality about this kind of prayer, this aloneness with God, this example is fitting. So we know this, but it says that evening, that evening after sunset, the people brought to Jesus all the sick and demon-possessed, and the whole town gathered at the door. And Jesus healed many who had various diseases. He also drove out many demons, but he would not let the demons speak because they knew who he was. And so Jesus is pressed here. The demons are there. The demon-possessed are there. The crowd is there. They're pressing upon him. And it's got to be a huge burden in the life of Christ. Then it says in verse 35, very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. This is clearly so intentional on the part of Christ. Like the connection that he longs for and needs, he takes steps toward. 
And I do think there's fitting example here for what are we going to do in our own personal lives in response to the connection that God longs to have for us and that we should long to have with him. I think there needs to be some intentional steps on our part to help make this happen. So Jesus gets up very early in the morning. He goes and finds a place where he can be alone, and he prays. Verse 36, Simon and his companions went to look for him, and when they found him, they exclaimed, everyone is looking for you. And you'd think at that point, Jesus would kind of go, oh, okay, let's go do it. Instead, he says, let us go somewhere else to the nearby villages so I can preach there also. That's why I've come. And clearly what's happened is that prayer during this early time in the morning has helped set for him a direction. And he now knows exactly what he needs to do in response to the pressures that he feels around him. So people are pressuring him. They're pushing him. He's had a full night the night before. He's exhausted. But now he's in some sense invigorated by the connection that he has with God. Let's go. I have work to do. And he goes to do it. Again, what I want us to see here is the intentionality. Jesus has connected with God. And there are times when we're weary and we're hurting and we're broken. But we need also to find sustenance and blessing and peace in him. He makes sure that the time he needs with God happens. And this is so much the point. That we drastically need This time with God. Sometimes even when we think we don't, we so badly need this kind of time with God. And so Jesus is so intentional about this, and I think we need to be as well. Well, since that's the case, I want you to do something for me this morning. Each of you will find on the back of the pews in front of you a piece of paper. Um, Almost every pew, or pew, every seat has a pencil stuck there in the pocket. You may not find that in every case, but I've noticed that this section here is incredibly blank this morning. There's no one here for several rows. <laughs> and so there are, some, there are some pencils even in these if you don't have one. And here's what I want you to do. Just take a moment to do this. I want you to, to ask yourself, what would the ideal pattern for you in connecting with God look like? What would it look like for you if you could just have whatever you wanted in terms of the ideal pattern, the ideal moment, the ideal situation for connecting with God in prayer? What does that look like? What what would it be like to have that moment for you? What would be the conditions? And I just want you to jot a few things down. Just take a moment to do that. What would be the ideal conditions, the ideal circumstances, if you were to truly connect with God in prayer? What would that look like? And then what I want you to do is I want you to pray for a few moments this morning over what it is that you just wrote. You just attempted, I think, to write down some intentional circumstances regarding your own prayer life with God. And I want you to pray just for a few moments over that specific description and circumstance. What does that look like? Pray about that and ask God 
to bring that circumstance into your life. The events that need to happen to make that happen. And then in a moment, I'll close us in prayer. Lord Jesus, it is so often that it's in prayer that we connect with you. We, we talk to you, and you talk to us. And the relationship that we have with you, where, where we can cry to the Father and say, Abba, it, it strengthens and it deepens. And there's a oneness that we share with you in these moments of prayer that is just so fulfilling to the point where we can say there's an abundancy of life that comes from these kinds of moments. And so we thank you and praise you that you've given us the avenue of prayer and the opportunity to speak with you. But Father, every one of us needs, we need moments like this where we can do this more. We need to have a heart that longs after, seeks after, cries after the opportunities. We need souls that, that cry out to you And we need opportunity to do that. And so help us to be intentional about about the time and the place and the ways in which we will cry out to you. Father, each one of us needs assistance with that. We need your spirit to come as your spirit does and shape for us our prayer lives and our connections with you. So I pray, Holy Spirit, right now you would come that you would be with each one here. That you would create in our hearts a longing. That you would create a, a panting of our souls after you. Help our, our hearts to cry out for time with you, God. Spirit, break our hearts shape our hearts, transform our hearts and our attitudes and bring that about in us. And give us those, those special moments, those times uh, where we have opportunity to be one with you like this. It's through Jesus we pray. Amen.